Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. So, I have been working for the last, I don't know, four months in the field that I was actually, I actually studied in. I, when I was in, when I was in college, I, I really, and when I was young and in college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And it seemed like the last semester of my bachelor's degree, I realized that I wanted to be a, a counselor. I wanted to be a counselor. I wanted to help people in some capacity and I had I had gone to school to become a nurse. My grandmother was a nurse and I because I wanted to help people. I wanted to somehow be of service and I realized very, very quickly while going down that path that I probably should not become a nurse. <laughs> I have funny stories about that that I like to share. I think it's just something else. So I was uh I was in this this um program called HOC Hospital Occupation Careers of some sort, HOC. And I was working at the Veterans Hospital. I grew up in Phoenix. So I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was working at this veterans hospital and I was in the emergency department, which was a place that I really enjoyed. I, I liked working in the in it a lot. And um just one day there was this gentleman that was I don't know how to say this. I don't mean this in a rude way, but he was very, very large and he did not quite fit on the gurney. And so his arm was like hanging off the gurney. And so the nurse had asked me to hold his arm to put in an IV. And the next thing I remember was the nurse was asking me to... She said, you need to go to the bathroom. I walk into the bathroom and you know how they say you see stars? I saw stars. I did. I saw stars. I was I was just every sheet of white. I mean, I was just completely white. There was no color in my skin. And I was about to pass out at the sight of blood. <laughs> And um, and at the same time that this is happening, my dad is having all these procedures. My dad um, ended up having a a a bypass surgery, a heart surgery. My dad had like a quadruple bypass surgery on his heart, and uh, this same year and. I would be in the room and they would be doing procedures on my dad and I I couldn't handle it. And even now, um even now mostly with animals, I 
if I see an animal that's in any kind of pain, I feel pain in my body. I like literally feel the pain in my body. I have these sympathy pains. <laughs> so I quickly knew I better not become a nurse. I would be very ineffective. So I, I, and it wasn't until much later that I ended up going back to school. So I studied um, actually psych. Now, to become a counselor, like social worker, you, you, there's two different avenues and you can become a social worker or you can become a, go the psych route. And I went the psych route, but quite honestly, I'm not entirely sure that it wouldn't have been better had I become a licensed social worker rather than a, but social workers are, are more, have more of a direction of around the social systems within a person with in which a person is functioning and a psych person is just kind of their own mental state so right now is the actually the first time that I've ever in any capacity been called a counselor uh I have worked as a coach. I've worked as a early childhood coach. Um, I did for that for about 20 years in different capacities. Uh, mostly, I was going into I was a home visitor and I would go into people's homes and coach them on very, very young children. Zero to three years old was my area of so I worked for AZIP, Arizona Early Intervention Program. And so I would go into their home. And so I was coaching parents a lot. So I really had um, a career in, in I'm trying to word this properly, like to have people, you know, I guess I was trying to maximize their not parenting skill, but their their skills in how to develop their child's capacity because their child had to be significantly delayed. So if that child was was four four years old, they had to be talking like a two year old. If the child was two year old, they had to be talking like a one year old in order to qualify for this program. So these were were children that had a significant delay in their language. I mean, in their, in their development in one area. And they had, you know, I mean, you have like self-help, social, you know, emotional, you've got physical development, um, language. And there's another one. I can't think of it right now, but anyway, so but now I am, I am a legitimate in-home family counselor. So I am going in and, and I wanted to talk about the visit that I went to yesterday because it was a very, very classic, um, very, like if I were like a prototype. So this could be like any client. I just like client. 
um, client A. <laughs> so I go to visit this. It's actually a couple. So I go to visit this couple, and and they are your classic couple that are dealing with addiction issues. Um, I deal. I have a lot of of addiction issues in my work right now. I've never worked specifically in addiction before in my life. However, I have been very, very interested in it. And so, and I'm not an addiction counselor. And in all actuality, even with the job that I'm doing right now, I'm not supposed to be doing, it's not my lane to deal with the addiction. Okay, it's not my lane. My 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 supervisor, when she interviewed me for this position, she flat out told me, I think you're going to have trouble staying in your own lane. She was very vocal about that. And she would be right to a degree. I do kind of, you know, I sort of, sort of meander wherever the visit, whatever the family is talking about their their issue what's happening um and sometimes it deviates so I went and I'm talking to this client and she she basically she she's not suicidal I mean she's she's not suicidal but she has very very little joy in her life and and she was sharing that with me she has very little joy in her life and 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 so i I get to asking her questions around that, so I'm like, "Okay, so do you remember a time in your life when you were happy? Have you ever been happy?" And she said, "Yes, I remember, and she she gave me this this entire uh scenario in her life where she was happy. And then I asked the dad the same question. And then he kind of went off. He kind of went off on this um, tangent of uh, he this I like he started talking about things he had been diagnosed with. And we really, really, really like to put things in labels. We, we as, a, as a species and as a grouping of people, we like to put people in these boxes. I think it makes it easier for us. It makes it easier on us, even the person being put in the box. At least I can say, okay, this is what I have. This is what ails me. And, and I'm, and then, but then there's this other added joy about that is we live into that diagnosis. I mean, I'm like sitting there going, well, I mean, um, but I ask him the same question. I mean, and I, and I just said that a minute ago. (laughs) 
I asked him the same question, and then he started to go off on, uh, this is my diagnosis. I have, you know, several things, and I, and I, but was there a time, and he did, he mentioned a time in his life, and I'm remembering, he did mention a time in his life when he was happy. So I told her, I said, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, every single day, for at least five minutes, I want you to sit and remember that time. Remember that time in your life when you were happy. Remembering that time when we, you were happy. And, and she said, okay, I will do that. And then there was a second request that I had of her. And a second request I had of her was to every day write down positive things she liked about life. Okay, so I'm sitting there. And what they don't realize, I think a lot of times... I think a lot of times people are looking at a counselor sort of like as this expert, like as this, you know, and I'm, and I don't present myself that way. And I didn't to them either. I told them, I said, I practice this. This is my practice. I'm sharing with you my practice. So I, I aim to become somebody that these people would want to emulate. And I actually think that at this point in my life, I can say that I, I am somebody that they may want to emulate in the sense that I, I, I'm, I don't take any medication minus my blood pressure medication. I haven't been able to get my blood pressure down. I, I have a practice and I am very often happy. Very often in my life I can say that I'm happy. And if you were to say, how did I do that? How did you do that? How did you get to that point? And this was something that I was sharing with them yesterday. I think that, and this is like a, a simple explanation, but we have these choices. We have these choices in our life to allow ourselves to go down that path. The path of every day, waking up and it kind of being, life sucks, my life sucks, everything sucks, and everything is always going to suck, to getting it to a place where we go from I can't change my life to I can change my life. And just 
from I can't to I can is a huge leap. Just that little faith, that little seed of faith that we can have a different life, that we can have more joy in our life, that we can be generally happy, is a leap that can make a huge difference in somebody's life. So we discussed that yesterday. We discussed that yesterday. And I told her, I told her also, I said, so this is where it's come to me. I, I really am an observer. So I am fairly consistently checking in with myself on where I'm at. And I can tell where I am at based on my, my emotions. I can tell. Am I happy or am I sad? Am I angry? Am I joyful? You know, and, and just an aside, I thought it was really interesting. Yesterday she had mentioned this, you know, I know I have a lot to be grateful for. And I, I just went off. I just like, I can't, I can't stop myself at this point in my life. I said, oh, I know, I know we're supposed to we're supposed to be grateful in every single moment. I said, you should just be grateful. I mean, I said this to her. Um, and it's not that I don't think we should be grateful. But so I become, an, 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 and I was reminded of the grateful comment because that's something that I check in on pretty regularly. Am I feeling grateful? My, how am I feeling? Because that is an indicator of how I'm doing. It's kind of my thermostat. Where am I on my thermostat? Am I feeling loving or am I feeling the opposite? Um, and so, and so I, I am now, I'm sort of going through life and a lot of times I'm, I'm either in a neutral space, pretty neutral, like which I, I don't think neutral is like a bad space. Neutral is is riding the wave. It's it's um it's sort of a non um gosh in non duality. To be neutral is to like be in a pretty non-judgmental place, you know, and, and, a, you know, it's not a bad place to be. So I'm either neutral or I'm, I'm feeling joy or, you know, I'm rocking it. <laughs> but I still have things happen. So I get, I get thrown these like curveballs pretty regularly. And, you know, whether it be a red light, um, whether it be a, cl a client that becomes really as resistant. So I want to talk about that. So because that's what happened. I had yesterday, I had had a, a client 
become a different client, not the client that I'm referring to in this podcast, but a different client had become very resistant with me. And and I think that it is really challenging to be able to tell where they're at in text messages. Because I find that people are fairly, um, can be very misunderstood in text messages. And so I couldn't tell, I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know if she's resistant in general, if she's just resistant with me, um, if she, you know, but I was getting this sense that she really didn't want to schedule with me. Okay, so I get this, this negativity. So I get thrown this, this little nugget of information that I have to, I have to sift through and find out, you know, how am I going to react to this? And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm deciding to not react to that. And I have I have the choice. I have the choice to either take this little nugget and and add to it, make it bigger and and I'm trying to figure out it's like I I can either go down that path of um my guru, <laughs> David Hawkins, used to say, like, juicing it. Like, juicing that experience for all it's worth. It's like, do I, want, do I want to juice that? Or do I want to just go down the path for me of joy and that little nugget not affecting me? And so, and so this comes to, I'm going to talk about Dr. Dispenza because he, I had learned this from him, that our brains become addicted to the hormones of stress. <clears throat> so I noticed that my brain, I noticed this in my life, even before he had ever, I had ever heard that from him. I noticed that my brain was kind of like this um, antenna. It felt like this like antenna and it was just like, like kind of like just scanning for, for data that was negative. And I just couldn't figure out. It just seems so counterintuitive to me. I was like, what is that? And so, and so the point is for us to learn how, if our brain is a scanner, to switch off the negative and switch on the positive. And to get to a place where we are unfazed, we are unfazed by whatever little nugget it is that would take us away from our joy. It's sort of like you either want to milk this or milk that and know that it is going to work out. But it's kind of like 
it's kind of like our brain is like, okay, but I want to, I want, I really want to hold on to this negativity because it, it sounds so counterintuitive, but our brain is somehow like, like getting a payoff because like Dr. Dispenza says it, our, our brain is addicted to that stress, that hormone of stress that, and it is so weird to me because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to me at all, this negativity. So basically, when I was sitting in, I was explaining some of this to my clients yesterday, this couple that I was talking to. And 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 I was explaining to them another thing that I learned partly from Dr. Dispenza, but because I had heard that in some in some research, I don't even rem- remember I could not tell you exactly what research, but it said that basically part of the reason why we love to watch sports is because our brain doesn't know the difference between watching it and playing it. So when I'm sitting there on the sidelines watching my son play soccer, as I was yesterday, um, <laughs> and um, I, my brain does not know the difference. My brain thinks that it somehow thinks that it is having the same chemical reactions going off as if I were, were, were um, playing that that sport, and I'm sitting here laughing, going, "Okay, then how come I'm not in shape?" <laughs> like, I mean, I'm in pretty good shape, but it's like, if that's true, then how come we're not all really, really skinny like a soccer player? Um, I don't know, but anyway, so. In, in my client, every single day, going to her happy place, the thought is, is of rewiring her brain and her life going, her just being happier. By the practice and sometimes we have to sometimes we have to 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 practice i guess being happy but it's like i've been there it's like i so when i'm talking to my clients about these things it's not like some esoteric thing that i it's like this is my life this is my life life the practice of being happy and learning the arts of mastering my thoughts, my emotions, my my reactions, my um, rewiring my own brain to to being the best that I can be, the, like the happiest that I can be, the most positive that I can be, and, and learning how to create my life. And when I, 
And yes, I I am further along in that process than especially the people that I'm working with right now. Or else I wouldn't be working with them because they wouldn't be a part of this system. But this system is another thing that I am really, really, I'm noticing. I'm like an observer. I, 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 I really pay attention to things. And what I've noticed is, is the system that I, but then I realize that it's, I'm always in a system, in a program. Like when I was in AZIP, I was in a program. When I was, you know, at this other job, I was in their program. And then now I'm in a different program. And all of these, well, I wouldn't say AZIP, but if you think about it, kind of so. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that these systems are punitive, they're punitive systems. They are based on there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your life. And we are going to for actually almost, you know, they say it's voluntary, but it's, but it's, it's, it's like quasi voluntary. It's not voluntary because it's not good if they don't participate. So we are going to force these, these, these supports on you, you know, these services, you must, if you, you must participate in these services, because if you don't participate in these services, it will not look good for you. And, and one of the things is, (laughs) I just lost something that I wanted to say, something that was significant about that. Um, actually, this, I did want to share that, that this program has a really, really high success rate in the sense that if they complete this program, people who complete this program have an 80% chance of not being in this system anytime within six months of ending services. I'm not sure what happens after the six months. I'm hoping, I mean, it may, it may go up. I'm not sure. But if they complete, successfully complete this program, they have an 80% chance of, of not being a part of this after, after six months. And that is pretty high success. I would say that is a really high success rate. So the people who actually participate, it goes better for them. It really does. They, I mean, it goes better for them. They're cert- they have less services. They, um, they, some of them can graduate earlier than, you know, I mean, it's, um, so it behooves them, even though they're resistant, it behooves them to, participate as much as they can. So I try to make it as meaningful as I I can. But it is indeed still a system and it is it is punitive. I mean, 
what does it do to a person to be told or to be diagnosed with what they call a mental illness? I mean, I, I think... I think there is a propensity to even live into that, whether you have that or you don't have that. And what I want to say is perhaps we just have the human condition. We have the the human condition that we have been conditioned to be addicted to the hormones of stress. We have it all around us. If you don't if you don't go to school, you're not going to be able to find a job. If you can't find a job, you're going to be homeless. If you can't, you know, if you don't do this right, if you don't get to this on time, if you don't meet this deadline, if you don't doing a job that you hate, but you know, I mean, you're supporting your family, so it doesn't matter if you hate your life 40 hours a week. Um working for a boss who most of the time doesn't know as much as you do about anything. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it is hopeless in some ways. And then now we've got the added joy of, you know, our children being forced to go to college and be $80,000 in debt. And when they're done, you know, going into a job that maybe they're going to get paid 40000 a year. They want to say these success rates, but they're, they're just honestly just full of crap. Full of crap. And, and I am like a really, really good example of this in the sense that I have, I have seven years of college. So I have my, I have a bachelor's degree and I have a master's degree. And then I have, I have a year of college on top of my master's degree um, and my master's degree is in counseling. I have, I, I wanted to become a licensed professional counselor. But then you have that added joy of getting a license and being in that program. Me being boxed into, um, I love this, like this evidence-based type of evidence-based And so now I'm like, I need to go find the evidence for the stuff that I'm talking about. But I sort of feel like I am the evidence. My life is the evidence that what I am saying works. And the other thing that I told my client yesterday was that you have to do these things every day. It's like, you have to do this every day for, like, you just have to do it. Something has to become your practice. And I said, and then it comes into, oh, my God, I I have to do this. Like, oh, God, you know, and like just sort of going through the motions of doing it just to say I did it. But... Even going through the motions is is better than not doing it all. But there will be no change if we don't change. And and I see this 
rampantly with people around me. I think a good percentage of time, like, people just don't really want to change. They don't want to do what it takes to be different until they're forced, until, like, the people that I'm working with, they are being presented with you either change or it's not going to be good for you. But in some ways, and in some circumstances, not all of them, but they were going down a path that could actually lead to death. There's a lot of dangerous, dangerous drugs out there right now. Like, you don't want to get anything on the street these days. Because there's, like, pretty major fentanyl. Things are laced with fentanyl, and people are dying. They are dying from being basically poisoned. So it's kind of a crapshoot, you know, when you trust somebody. Oh, here, take this. It'll make you feel better. Like, no. Don't take that. <laughs> it's like, if I was in my right frame of mind, would I be asking somebody for something to take? <laughs> but anyway, so it comes down to this. Is, is developing a practice to, as Abraham Hicks would say, get out ahead of it. To get out ahead of it, to every single day lay a foundation. Lay a foundation and and practice every single day developing a practice and and choosing thoughts and actions that are going to be going in that direction. And the hope is, is that the person's life will start to change. That their thoughts will turn from I can't to I can. I can be happy again. And so, there you have it. (laughs) The meaning of life. (laughs) Anyway. I appreciate you guys listening and I will be back with other topics.